the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to connect to Let's Talk Kingdom Radio Show, where we dive into God's Word and Kingdom topics. Best things we do is give to the needy around us. We are giving to people who are needing groceries and gas to get to work. And as a partner, a percentage of that is going towards people who need it right around us. Thanks for your partnership. Stay tuned for today's Kingdom Topic. Here's Olivia with today's message. Welcome to Let's Talk Kingdom. My name is Olivia Barrett, and it is Christmas week. Merry Christmas. What a special time of the year. And of course, you know, around Kingdom topics, it's going to be one of the best things that we get to talk about all year long. And so, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I want to just jump in and say, you know, for all the things that we can talk about when we want to talk about the goodness and wonders of God, here it is, like... Let's talk about something that is connected to Christmas. And I'm really wanting to share with you something that, you know, has blown me away a little bit. And uh, here we are just heading into Christmas with our schedules and with our list and with money, you know, to be made and money to be spent. I mean, this is kind of how this week goes. And you know, blessings on all that for you, like how you had to figure that out or, you know, where you have found yourself um, even maybe being more generous than normal, like really just blessings on all of that. And would we as kingdom people represent that kind of generosity? So, you know, I'm excited to share with you something that, you know, it hit me. I was driving this, I guess it was this last week, and um, I just kept thinking about the manger. <laughs> now, I know this is an interesting spot to be focused on. You know, I was thinking about the manger, but I was thinking about, you know, my own children. We actually have five kids and all of them are miracles. All of them. Um, I mean, a little bit of my story and I won't go into a lot of it, but um, I've actually had five miscarriages, but I've had, I have five children. So that means that I've been pregnant 10 times. Can you believe that? Wow. Um, so they are miracles. I mean, for us to actually have children is just a complete miracle. And the fact that we have five of them um, to bless us, it's just such a gift. And so I was thinking about our kids. I mean, they really are miracles, all of them. And I was thinking about, you know, some of those beginning days <laughs> with our children. And they're so tiny. I mean, if you can think back you know, it, to seeing a little tiny baby, you know, if you're a parent, you know this, like that baby is so little, um, you wrap it up in a blanket just so that you can actually, <laughs> it feels a little bit bigger, you know, I mean, it's so tiny in your arms and, you know, all you want to do is, you know, protect it, hold it, take care of it, you know, you, you want to, 
um, do special things for that baby, especially in those beginning days. You know, that's kind of, it just happens. It's just in us. And, you know, if you are maybe a family member of somebody who's had a small child, you may not see them at the beginning, but even when you see them, even in month one, they're still so tiny. I mean, these, these babies that are born are very little. And, you know, I was thinking just what it was like. Okay, so taking me back, I mean, to my firstborn son. He is now 19, right? So that was a long time ago. But, I mean, obviously, I was just so nervous and scared and, you know, concerned. I mean, how in the world was I going to be able to do this without the nurses that were helping me at the hospital was my thought, you know? And um, we had a bassinet, and I love bassinets. You know, they're tall, and they're decorated, and, you know, for us, I love the ones that are white, and they go, they have the the fabric that runs all the way down to the floor, you know, and they have the hood, so you can actually move it if, you know, you need to make a little bit of shade for the baby to keep sleeping. I mean, all those special things, and then, of course, there's padding inside, and, you know, these blankets that are your favorite. And I mean, just all these things that, that I did, you know, I know that are very common for our children. You know, our, our children in those first stages, you know, they are, you know, these very tiny people, but they, I, I want them in this environment where, you know, I love looking at them and I love placing them there because, you know, they're special to us and they're needing to be in a small place that's safe and warm and where they're going to rest because we need them to sleep, right? <laughs> so the whole point of the bassinet, for sure, um, it being tall meant I didn't have to bend over very much. I mean, you know, all these things that were really particular. Well, okay, so I'm having this moment while I'm driving and I'm thinking about the manger. And I just, I had this like wow moment where I was recognizing something. You know, the way that I was preparing for my small children to be um, in a bassinet, you know, where they were going to be laid to sleep, right? They were going to be laying down and that's where their bed was. And that's where anytime I needed them to rest, they were going to be. And I thought about, you know, the father, you know, the heavenly father was, you know, sending his miracle. There was a miracle coming um, literally, I mean, the whole thing is a miracle. I mean, there was a miracle happening inside of Mary. But the fact that God would go this route is a miracle. I mean, it's an absolute miracle that he would send um, someone that was him, you know, his son that actually was him um, to earth in the way that he did. And I was thinking about this manger and it's a feeding trough. I mean, have you ever, have you ever been around animals? I mean, we don't have animals, but um, my grandfather had a farm and so he had cows and, you know, we saw their feeding troughs. I mean, they were, they were covered in all kinds of stuff. I mean, saliva, there was probably like other things there, you know, from where birds had been. I mean, it was not exactly the cleanest place. And, the trough was usually made of wood or other materials that were there. And so, you know, it's probably sturdy, but it's not pretty. You know, it's useful. I mean, that's what it was for. And, you know, if you think about a trough, like it was meant to um, corral, you know, the animals into certain locations to eat, you know, so it wasn't like they were eating everywhere. It was just in particular places. And so I'm thinking about this. I mean, this is just such a crazy picture. And, I'm thinking, you know, okay, so God wanted 
obviously his son uh, to be born to the right parents. I mean, he did that in a pretty big way. But to think that the father was wanting his best, um, you know, wanting to do his best for his son, I, I was realizing that because God put Jesus in a manger, like a trough that animals had been using. I mean, I don't know if it was clean. I don't know if the farmer knew he needed to build a new one. I don't know if um, this was an old one that maybe hadn't been used or if literally animals were using it moments before Joseph grabbed it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of the actual you know, manger that Jesus was put in. But, you know, I had to, like, come to this place of reality that, you know, the father was so focused on on us. Like, he was so focused on the very things that we were needing to experience from a king, you know, a heavenly king, that... Um, it wasn't that he didn't want his best for his son. It was that he wanted his best for us. And so for Jesus to come into um, a bed that was dirty, potentially um, made of wood, you know, not really smooth. I mean, it was useful. It was not beautiful. Right. And it just it blew me away. Like it blew me away. This concept of. You know, the Heavenly Father recognizing that what was the most important is our perspective in this. Like, he was he was seeing this even from the very beginning, you know. So, he picks Mary, and we know that that is just an absolute miracle, <laughs> that the way that that happened, for her to actually hold on to a child inside of her, and then to give birth to a child. I mean, that came from the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's just such a beautiful moment. But to think about where the baby then went to lay down, you know, so it was the moment of where Mary had maybe been holding the baby for a little bit, and this is where she fed the baby, you know, uh, whatever else the baby needed. But there was a moment where the baby was laying down in this manger, and I just was really taken by the fact that God was focused on us in that moment. He was focused on the fact that by putting the king the king of the Jews, the king of kings inside of a manger, it was for us. It was so that we would recognize that this is not the throne we're used to. And um, uh, it's just taking me into these places inside to recognize something that, you know, is really beautiful about the Christmas season. And I wanted to share it with you guys. Okay, so I was... Um, you know, in my Christmas mode, I was <laughs> listening to lots of music. I mean, we have been listening to Christmas music, I mean, as early as I can get it in, you know. So we've been listening to Christmas music for a while. And, you know, I actually let God bring songs to memory sometimes so that I can go find them and then listen to them, you know, for a while so that it's kind of like meeting, um, you know, a need or it's telling me something or, you know, it's connecting me to God in a special way. And, you know, it's funny when I was thinking about today and thinking about Christmas and, and this complete change of how, you know, the baby Jesus was not laid in this little comfy bassinet, you know, he was laid in something um, that no king would ever put their child in. Like you would never see a, an earthly king put 
their child in a wooden trough. <laughs> like it just wouldn't happen. But God did and it was because of his perspective. Like he he wanted us to see what he was doing, you know. And so the song that came to mind when I was thinking about this today was, you know, what child is this? And I want to read you the lyrics um because it's going to lead us into something else. It's pretty great. But what child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. This, this is Christ the King whose shepherds guard and angels sing. And then, okay, so let me say this real quick as I'm reading this. So, you know, I love thinking, okay, what child is this? I mean, it's actually um, old English to say it that way instead of, you know, like, what is this child? Or, you know, whose child is this? I mean, it would be kind of that in our language. But what child is this? You know, tell me who this kid is. Like, like who is uh, this child that's laying in a trough but that's getting a lot of attention? And that's what this song is describing. And, and it's going through, you know, some things here that typically would not be seen around a king. But um, this is great. In the section I just read, you know, shepherds are watching and keeping. You know, it's the keeping of of something important to them. If you've um, watched shepherds, they actually keep the herds. I mean, that's something they do. They keep them. And that is a, a, a term of, like, um, ownership and connection. So I thought that was really great. But um, this is Christ the King. So it's like, we are asking the question, what child is this? And then we're actually getting the answer. Well, this is Christ the King, okay? Whom shepherds guard and angels sing. And so the shepherds, this is great because it's speaking of what the shepherds are doing. They're keeping, they're connecting, they're watching the sheep. And then it goes into shepherds are guarding. Now, I love just this song and the simplicity of what it actually is representing. You know, you've got um, a baby that is in a manger, um, you know, in my terms, you know, at the very beginning, it actually says on Mary's lap and it goes back and forth, which I think is pretty great because it says that in a lot of um, in a lot of interpretations of this song or even of scripture is that, you know, people would comment that the baby was in Mary's arms, Mary's lap or in this manger. Right. And so um, I just love that around this time, Jesus is being seen as someone that carries power. Um, but the people that are coming around the manger are not your typical people either. Uh, the shepherds are guarding, but the angels are singing. So we've got the all-powerful angels and we have the very low um, humble shepherds in the same place at the same time. So this is, um, you know, haste, haste to bring him Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. And I love that they're claiming the miracle of what Mary's experienced. Okay, so bring him incense, gold and myrrh, come peasant king to own him. And that was basically saying, come, um, Come people who don't have a lot of money. Come people who are called peasant because he is a king. And and we're asking you, basically, God is asking you to own who he is, to own what Jesus is doing here. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts 
enthrone him. And I'll stop there because, I mean, the song is actually really long. Uh, those are some of the most famous, you know, little verses there. But um, the king of kings. So who is this child, right? Like, what child is this who laid to rest, right? Okay, so tell me who this child is. I mean, if you were wanting to talk in today, who is that? Like, what is that child doing? And why are all these people paying attention to it? And then as you read it, well, this is Christ the King. Okay, well, there's actually people there to prove that. There are angels there singing, and there are shepherds there to guard and protect a brand new baby. <laughs> but then this is great. So so bring him incense, gold, and myrrh. We've learned that those are, if you have been in Christmas stories before, you know those are special gifts given Um to kings. They are special things that are given and they all represent some really amazing uh, symbolic things in their culture. And we won't go into that today, but they all carry um, heavy wealth, like all of these, the incense, gold, and myrrh. Um, and they actually represent special things that were almost, you know, you could say they were being prophesied about who Jesus actually was, which that's a whole other topic, but it's very exciting. But this is great. He's now the king of kings. So he was, this is Christ the king, and then this is the king of kings, and he is bringing salvation, let loving hearts enthrone him. Okay, so, you know, I know that this is a song, and I was reading about the author of this song, and he actually wanted to talk about the manger throne. Now, this is such a crazy concept, and it goes right into that conversation I was having with God about, you know, where the baby was placed so early in its days, like where Jesus as a baby, like was placed so early in these moments of, you know, being king on earth, right? Well, his manger throne was what this um, this author, this writer, and, you know, what he wanted to portray was that there was something around a king being placed inside of a manger and how that this was going to represent a kingdom that no one had experienced before. So what people were used to was slavery. They were forced into allegiance. And I mean, man, if you have seen any good movies around people, you know, that have been forced into some kind of allegiance and then they break out of that, right? Don't we cheer for that? Like, don't we cheer for, you know, that kind of like knowing and power and overcoming, right? Well, what happened here is um, Jesus was not coming into the earth to take away these thrones of authority. He was actually coming into earth claiming that he was the authority. Like, he was the authority actually over the people who had these titles. And I want to read this to you really quick. It's It was so good when I found this. But Caesar Augustus at the time, he proclaimed to be Lord and Savior. So when people were speaking of Caesar Augustus, he was the highest ranked among anyone and he was seen that way and people would you know pay taxes to him they would bow to him and and this was even other kingdoms like they would do what he asked they would you know do anything to keep their own position and he was seen actually as the very top of any type of authority at that time well king herod which we know king herod 
King Herod was given a title, actually, by Caesar over his kingdom. And it was king of the Jews. And King Herod um, obviously wanted this. Like, he wanted this and wanted to keep it. And that's actually what drove him to try to kill. You know, if you know the story, you know that... Um, he heard the prophecy of somebody coming, claiming they were going to be the king of the Jews. And he would go out and try to, you know, stop this prophecy from coming. And he wanted to uh, kill all these young kids. And it's it was horrendous. Um, but it was supposedly to preserve his title. Well, here's what's crazy about all of that. I mean, obviously... Jesus uh, and Mary and Joseph, they escaped, you know, that that whole persecution. Um, and Jesus was fine. King Herod remained in rule. But here's what's interesting. You know, the authority that was given to Jesus, he was actually given that title, the King of the Jews. So here's what's interesting. And I want to read this to us as we can embrace maybe a manger throne. Like to think that... That God's perspective was us. He wanted us to see a manger, <laughs> a king, you know, a miracle from heaven being placed inside of a manger, what it represented to us. And so I wanted just to list this to us and then, you know, get, get, like say a prayer for us because it's such an amazing moment. But, you know, Jesus came to show the opposite power. He came to show a power and authority in people's lives that no earthly king could do. No earthly ruler could do with a title. Like Caesar may call himself Lord and Savior, but he could not save the people from themselves. And, you know, Jesus came to show that he had power, but it was not in the way that was forced by Caesar or forced by King Herod. So just some things. I'm going to list some things. I know you have a bunch more, but let me list these for you. Um, Jesus came so that we would learn to love our enemies. The, he came so that we could um, not like conquer, um, you know, the people around us, but so that God could conquer our rebellious hearts. He actually came to be worshipped, but it wasn't in a worship like you need to bow down to me right now. He wasn't forcing us to worship, but he was letting us come to our knees on our own terms at the cross. And if you are new to the story or you don't know how all of this connects, um, the cross is actually a place of sacrifice that Jesus made. But this was his assignment. You know, all along after he was born, you know, he ended up, spending time with people and then he ended up sharing his life with others and it was to represent you know God's perspective on how we would treat others how we would you know embrace um, God ruling our lives and it's great because you know when you think about a throne you think about that there is a throne that I potentially would be forced to worship and that is not how God set it up he made sure that we came with loving hearts, that we knew, like, or that he knew that we would have a rebellious heart, but he wanted us to come um, because we were in love with what God did for us. We were in love and we were appreciative um, 
that we couldn't get out of the things we're in by ourselves. You know, our rebellious hearts and our rebellious actions and our rebellious ways, they actually lead us away from the good of God. But, you know, God says, listen, I'm not forcing you. I want you to come to your knees on your own because it is there in that place that you're going to recognize that not only did I give you a gift um, to have a, a throne as a manger for Jesus, but that the actual king died on that cross so that you could um, have a relationship with God. And I was thinking about this and how it's all connected, like it's just connected. And who, you know, needs more of this reminder uh, than people who, you know, need to see that Christmas is the start of this story. Like, you know, that's why it says, you know, he is salvation, like the king of kings salvation brings in that song, because that is what he's doing. He is he is pointing us that his throne, the manger throne that he was laid in as a baby is leading us to the very place of um, really conviction. But just I don't I don't have to do this my way anymore. I can do this a different way. And it's actually a better way for me. And I just want to pray for you real quick. God, I really pray that over this Christmas season, we would recognize that the manger throne is a blessed place for us. Like it was, it's your perspective. It's how you want us to know this is how it works. This is how um, we can understand the love of a heavenly father is he actually let his son be in a place that doesn't make sense. But it was to help us understand that he wants to conquer our rebellious hearts. He wants us to be on our knees um, in appreciation and love and gratitude and that it's not a forced place. And so I pray over my listeners and my friends that, that we would recognize that God is not forcing us to follow Jesus. Like he is not forcing us to be in these places with Jesus, but he is asking us to consider it. Like to consider what it would mean to let Jesus be who Jesus can be. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Kingdom Radio. We want you connected to kingdom topics that move and shape your life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Kingdom. What a joy to talk about risking on God's voice and the power that you have inside. You are welcome to come and visit us on our website at ltkradio.com. Thanks again for connecting to Let's Talk Kingdom Radio. We will see you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.